not too old, but old enough for some that don't remember. Praise God. Amen. And then get involved, praise the Lord. I'm not going to be too long. The other day I got like a little itchy throat, so we'll see how long I last. But I brought some lemon water, so we'll see how, how it works. Amen. Today I want to preach to you a little bit about about Andrew, one of the apostles. He was actually the first apostle to find Christ. Jesus. He was the first guy to find Jesus Christ. How many, how many can remember the first time you know you, you found Christ? At least you know you 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 said, I have found Christ. Oh come you on. Know, I found Christ. You know, God has never been lost, right? But we find Christ. Well, Andrew, I want to preach to you a little bit about him. Not too many preachers ever been um, uh, about Andrew and, and his um, his episodes inside the scriptures, you know, and his, how God um, reflects on his um, ministry as far as that goes. So if you'd be so kind to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, and we'll start there. And we're going to go to verse 49 and 51. Luke chapter 12, 49, 51. Did I get that? Did I give you that right? The Bible says, I can't I came to send a fire on earth. Here we go. I have come to bring fire on earth. And how I wish it were already kindled, already lit. You know, is there like already lit? Next verse. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraints I am under until it is completed. We're going to stop right there. Heavenly Father, first Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name. We give you praise, honor, and glory, God, for this day. Allow your words to enter in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Allow your words to enter into our lives also in Jesus' name. You may have your seats. Amen. The Lord God came down and he began to talk to his apostles and his, um, his uh, uh, followers. And he made a statement here and he said, I have, came, I have, come, to, I have come to send a fire. And I wish it was already lit. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. He was talking about the He was talking about the Holy <laughs> Ghost. He says, "I have come to light a fire, but I wished it was already lit. But I can't do it right now." He says, "I, I can't do it right now. You know, this baptism you know, that I've got to undergo. You know, something is keeping me back from doing it. Mm. Something is keeping me back from doing it." He says, "This the whole. This is God. God is telling us." something's holding me back. What holds God back? Have you ever thought about that? You know, because all of y'all apostolics, you always thought, God could do anything while well, something's holding him back, y'all. Oh, my God. But in our eyes, God could do anything, right? But scripture says that he was held back by something on earth. We look at Andrew's um, message and and how he came about being the first apostle to find Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the, the, the title of my message is Andrew was a Baptist. Amen? Amen. 
I'll clarify that. Before Andrew found God, before, before Andrew found Jesus Christ, he used to follow John the Baptist. Andrew was a Baptist. That makes sense now. Andrew had something inside of him. Andrew had, had, had this the, uh, 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 a situation inside of his life that he needed to fulfill. We get like that at times. We get to a point in our lives that, you know what? I, I need something more than just what I'm making for myself. I need more than just reading, you know, these books and fantasizing on what I want to do for, you know, for Christmas, for, you know, for next year and, you know, what, what my goals are in life. Andrew needed more than just being a fisherman. He knew everything about fishing. Him and Peter knew everything about fishing. They could go out. You can talk to them about any type of fish in the sea in that area, and they would tell you, when that fish would be at port, where it would be out in the sea. They would tell you that because they were fishermen of fish. <laughs> but Andrew needed something more. He needed something way more. He hears John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is preaching repentance. He's baptizing everybody, everybody into repentance, you know, and he's baptizing, and, and the Bible says that in Scripture that Andrew and another disciple were with John as he was uh, uh, viewing, uh, while well, John was viewing Jesus Christ. So you can imagine Andrew looking at his he hero, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is making an exclamation. And he's making a proclamation. He's making a voice to this world, an announcement to this world. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And he points at Jesus Christ. And Andrew was thinking, well, I thought I had the truth. I thought I had the truth here with, with, with John the Baptist. He's baptizing everybody into the waters. And people are repenting. They're feeling, you know, repentance is, is like you're feeling bad for what you used to be or what you used to do, you know. And, and there were, he was feeling, he was watching all this happen through the, through the hands of John the Baptist. And yet John the Baptist turns it over. And he says, there is one that's greater than I, to whom his shoes I'm not even worthy to bow down and untie. Yes. So Andrew begins to look at this situation. And I can imagine Andrew just standing there at the, at, at, at the waters, you know, getting ready for, for the next guy to get repented, to hand him over to, to John the Baptist. And, and he's wondering, well, should I give him to John or should I, should I bring him over this way <laughs> to where Jesus is? He just, he just folded on me. John the Baptist just folded on me. One that's greater than I, he says. Think about it. If you were that individual, if you, if you felt that there was, you know, your dad, all right, your dad. Let's put your father, your dad, you know, the greatest man in this world, right? No one can out, outdo your dad because he's your dad, right? And then some, someone comes and visits you, your, one, of, one of his brothers. And this brother comes with all kinds of gifts and stuff. And then you're like, man, I think I like my uncle better than I do my dad. He never yells at me. He always gives me what I want. You see, Andrew was in this concept of thinking like that. You know, I've, I've been following this man, and, and, and now I've got to find myself in the truth. That's what he was after. 
Andrew wasn't really necessarily after the man. He was after the truth. This was what was flaming his fire in the very beginning. What was flaming his fire was the truth. Now, John the Baptist had the truth to that point. Repentance. He understood that on that day that he seen Jesus Christ and Andrew witnessed John the Baptist speaking in terms of leadership to Jesus Christ, he is the one we've been waiting for. Andrew didn't hesitate very long. The Bible says that Andrew quickly went to follow Jesus. He followed him and he stayed with him the whole day asking him questions. You know, I don't know if you're like I am, but before you enter, en enter into any new quest, you've got to know what you're getting yourself into. Right? I don't know. I don't know. Some of y'all just, just like jump in and don't even know what's going on. And then next time you figure out, you know, you're, you're trying to get yourself out of a situation. But we have to analyze. And that's what Andrew was doing. He was analyzing the fact that John the Baptist gave his services to Jesus Christ. He said, this, is, this guy is greater than I am. So you can imagine all the followers of John the Baptist to that point. You know, the greatest evangelist on the face of the earth at that time. And John the Baptist, he was bad. I'm telling you, he was bad. Guy had camel hair. You know, he was, he was rocking it. <laughs> Going around, getting locusts and, you know. How many men you know that? How many men would you follow that do that? Oh, bro, that's like a, like, and then he'd get on his camel, I don't know, being his bad motorcycle as Harley. Going down the road, you know, eating locusts. He was a bad dude. He wouldn't back down from any religion. He knew the truth. Andrew knew he knew the truth. Andrew followed him because he was chasing after the truth. He wanted nothing but the truth. Andrew was one of these individuals that wanted nothing but the truth. And that's what came out of him. When he said, there's Jesus Christ. He's who we've been waiting for. He dropped his business with John the Baptist. He no longer was a Baptist at that moment. He walked away from that faith. He walked away from that teaching. He walked away from everything he had been hearing and listening to from out of John the Baptist. Andrew was a Baptist. And he began to follow Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he stayed with them until four o'clock or the fourth hour. And he was questioning them. He was asking them, man, who are you, dude? You know, why does he, how come I've never heard of you and he's heard of you, you know? How do you guys know each other? You guys, I've never seen you guys together. And I'm sure Jesus Christ talked to him and began to tell him, look, man, that's my cousin. We knew each other in the womb. He was jumping like that when we got introduced. In the mother's womb, he was jumping just like that. And he's having this conversation with Andrew and telling him, Man, I go, you know, you, this, this is something greater than what you think. And Andrew just talking to him and asking him questions. You know, what is, what's, you know, so what's your mission? And when Jesus Christ began to declare to him the gospels of the kingdom of heaven, began to declare to him the truth, his spirit got lit up. His spirit began to understand something further 
than what John the Baptist was speaking to him about. See, John the Baptist was speaking to him about repentance in water. And what he began to hear from Jesus Christ, he began to hear a baptism of the Holy Spirit, something he had never felt before, something he had never endured before, something challenging to his, to his mind, something challenging to his, to his body. His spiritual man wanted more of this type of truth. It was greater than what John had been saying, greater than the words that John had been proclaiming. It was just that much more. And Andrew began to understand in his own spirit, this guy's the Messiah. He is the true God we've been waiting for. He is. This is who he is. Because you and I know that Jesus Christ never told anybody, I am the Messiah. He never said that to Andrew either. But he knew that. And Andrew takes off running, and he goes looks for his older brother, Peter, and he starts to tell him, look, we found the Messiah, let's go, I want to show you him. Immediately, the Bible says that this man, this individual, Andrew, understood one thing about the gospel without even being told, is how to witness. When you have the truth, you will witness. You will find somebody that you love, and you care for it, and you'll try to bring them to the truth. Andrew did instinctively, he did this. He didn't, he didn't wait for nobody. I don't know who the Bible never really declares who the other disciple was that was with him, or whether he followed Jesus Christ too, you know, for that time being. But Andrew did. And he asked questions. And upon asking questions and making inquiry, he understood this man is the Messiah. Because his, his spirit, his heart had turned on fire. And this is what Jesus Christ was talking about. He says, I wish that I could bring this fire. I wish it was already lit. But I can't do it. I can't do it right now. And Andrew felt this kindling inside of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that was that was within his words. Yeah. He knew the Holy Ghost was there next to him. We want to feel that every day. Yeah. And he decided, I'm going to go find my brother Peter and bring him. And we know through scripture that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also close to God. When you read scripture, you can see what guys really loved God? What guys really wanted to be close to God? And time and time again, we will find these, these brothers, these four brothers. Andrew and Peter were brothers, son of Jonas. And, and John and James were brothers, son of Zebedee. These are brothers together. And we find that these, these four understood one thing, that Jesus was the truth. Yes, thank you, Lord. He was nothing but the truth. And they began, and I'm sure like brothers are, that they say stuff to each other that they won't say to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Come on. You know, Come on. that's how brothers are. They, I can't trust anybody else. You know, I, I have a very close-knit friend, 
And, and, and my brother, you know, I can say anything to him. I can goof off. I can say something, you know, really off the wall and he won't judge me. He won't even spill it out to anybody else. And these guys, I can imagine, they were talking about Jesus. What do you think, man? Because the Bible declares that these four individuals cornered Jesus Christ at another time in the Bible. And they just nailed him with all kinds of questions. They begin to ask him, you know, when is the, you know, the signs of the coming of the Lord? You know, when is, when is the coming? You know, they were with some hard stuff. But Jesus was not ready to reveal any of that stuff. He said it in the book of Luke. My Holy Ghost is not just yet. I'm not ready to give it yet. I wished I could. I wished I could give you the Holy Spirit right now. But you, you know, you, you can't handle it right now. You got to have the full revelation of why I'm here, Jesus Christ would say. The full revelation. That's why you and I, we have to be patient when it comes to coming to God. We find Christ like Andrew found Christ. And we find something new, something that burns inside of our heart. Something that, that's revealing inside of our spirit we've never felt before. And we want to know more and more. But sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Yes. We begin to read scripture and, and see all the dynamic things that the apostles did, the disciples did. And we say, I want to be that. I want to cast out devils. Yeah. We want to feel like that, right? I want to be up here and I want to prophesy the word of God. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I want to be used by God. You know, and we yeah. feel like that as humans right. following God. Our Messiah, we feel like that because we read scripture and we see all this stuff that's going on. And we go through an education, you know, of our own. Some of us are self-educated. Some go to schools. Some go to seminars. Some go to conferences. But we all get our, all our information from scripture. Yes. Don't ever go away from what scripture says. I don't care who teaches you what. If it's not in scripture, it's his own logic. It's her own logic. Their own experience. It's not, it might not happen with me. You've got to go into it like that. So you can understand the fullness of what God wants to do inside of your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have to understand that Andrew was a man that was always lingering around Jesus Christ. He never wanted to be too far from Christ. But yet we always find him in scripture as the fourth individual. Peter, John, James, and Andrew. He was always the fourth one. Even in, in the time of transfiguration, he wasn't there. Peter, John, and James were there. What was Andrew doing? I don't know, but he wasn't there. But he was always the fourth one. Anytime you read scripture, you hear about these four guys. Because these guys were tight with God. They wanted to fulfill the mission that God had for them, and they did. We find that these individuals, when Jesus Christ would go out and begin to go out and disciple, and he would find uh, people around him, and he tried to get away, that people would just go around to the bank and find him. Andrew, the Bible says, that he was, he was there watching, seeing what was going on, very vigilant in the things that Christ was doing. Because now, see, he was following Jesus Christ. This was his Messiah. <clears throat> This was his, his rabbi, his teacher, because he wants to get to heaven, because that's the goal. That's the goal. 
And he begins to understand what was going on. And Peter was like, hey, there's a lot of people here. And, and the stores are closing. And it's going to take like, I don't know, two years of wages to, to feed everybody that's here. Nobody has any money. And Andrews is, he's sitting in the background. And I can imagine him, you know, listening to Peter. And Jesus Christ is just sitting there just listening to this guy. He's like, man, these guys, they still don't get it. That's why I can't light the fire. They still don't get it because that's why I can't light the fire. I can't give them the Holy Ghost. They just don't get it yet. That's holding them back. It's holding them back. So he turns around. And Andrew starts walking around everybody. See, Andrew was an individual that wanted to take care of business. God's business. Heaven's business. He heard, he heard what was going on. And he goes up to Jesus. He goes, hey. There's a young boy that has five fish and two loaves over here. See, he was already scouting it out. He was scouting it out. He's, he's seen what was going on. Yes, amen. And Jesus looks at Andrew and he says, you've got something, boy. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Bring them to me. And he tells Peter, you guys, you knuckleheads, go sit all those other guys in, in, in pairs of 50s and 100s. That's what you guys can do. And I'm sure it was Andrew that, that grabbed that basket and gave it to Jesus Christ and was waiting to see what God and him had first talked about. When he felt that fire burning inside of him. That spiritual thing that was happening inside of, of Andrew when he first met him. When he first understood him. You know, when he heard his voice saying to him, you know, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And besides me, there is no other. And Andrew would hear like, like dude, man. How can you say that? You're a man like me. But something inside of his spirit said he's more than just a man. And he was, I'm going to give him some fish. I'm going to bring him the loaves. I'm going to see what he can do. And he brought it with faith, knowing you said you're the way, the truth, and the life. Let's see. And he did his miracle. And Andrew understood what was going on. With the life of God on his, his mission, what it was all about. He figured it out really quick. Even though it was Peter that said, you are the Lord, your God, the Messiah. See, I believe that Andrew, he focused on who God was. He knew it. I believe he knew it way before Peter did. What do you think Peter got the information? Amen. Andrew, his little brother. He says, dude, this guy is God. I know he is. I know he's God. I sat with him when I first, when John the Baptist told me that that's 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 him right there. We talked for hours. My heart was blazing on fire. I can't explain it, but he's God. Peter, he's God. I know he is. And Peter, because he's the oldest of the family. The younger never says anything about it. That's disrespectful. You never step in front of your brothers that are older than you are. Amen. If they're talking, to, like in our family, if we're all sitting there and what am I, I'm like the youngest, if, so if any of them begin to say something and I'm saying something, I just like, mm. I don't say anything. I can get interrupted anytime, but they can't unless there's somebody older than them. They can get interrupted. That's just the way we were raised. That's how we are. I don't know about the new generation. 
But they're working on it. Praise God. So Peter knew because of Andrew. The experience that Andrew had, this guy is the Messiah. So when Jesus asked Peter, who do you think I am? He told him. He figured it out. He goes, well, even though he didn't, probably didn't totally know, he had enough information to say, you are the Messiah. You are the God. And he says, yes, the Holy Ghost has revealed it to you. The Holy Spirit revealed it to you. The Bible also says that Andrew was a go-getter. He was an individual that didn't just stand still. He just he wasn't one of these guys who just would follow Jesus Christ and, and grab in grab information and try to try to harness it and keep it to himself and try to understand that that all that Jesus was saying was just for him. The Bible says that Andrew and Philip went down and they looked for others and they would bring them to Jesus. That they would bring them to Jesus. Like you guys, you guys, they would bring Greeks. You know, you, and here's another interesting thing. Andrew's a Greek name. But yet he's Hebrew. Peter's an Arabic name. So you can understand that the land that they were living in was a mixture of Greek and Arabic, Hebrews. It was a, it was a culture mixture. So when, when you figure that that Peter and Andrews, uh, when they first got there, who knows where, how, where they came from. Um, I, I didn't study that far back, but I probably know. So he names his first son Peter, according to the tradition. Now they're in this other town, right? Where there's a bunch of Greeks and, and mixed company and stuff. And he names his son Andrew. This is why... It was easy for Andrew to go to the Gentiles because they ask him, what's your name? He says, Andrew, oh, Greek. They wouldn't even think about because his name was Greek. And the Bible says that he would bring Greeks to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He was fishing. For, he was using the resources that he had. He was going out not understanding what he had to do. And he, knew, he knew his role. I'm not just going to sit here and just, you know, get the information and get myself saved. Man, I need to get others saved. And he would go out there, him and Philip would go out there and they would bring Greeks and who knows who else, you know, to Jesus. Why? Because that time when, when him and, and Jesus Christ first met, when Andrew and Jesus first met, he felt his tongue on fire for the gospel. He felt his tongue on fire for the gospel. Jesus was saying to him all these things from the kingdom of heaven. And I really don't know. Nobody knows what the conversations were between Jesus and Andrew on that first day of him being exposed as the Messiah when John introduced him to the crowd. Andrew was the only one that went with him. Ask him, where are you staying? Where are you staying? He was bold. He was not afraid. He wanted the truth. The truth will give you boldness. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In this world, there's so many timid Christians. We, want to, we don't want to offend anybody. We want to be politically right. You don't have to be politically right. You can just do like I said. I know I think I know it. 
You don't put yourself on the spot. It's somewhere in the Bible. You just tell them what you feel in your heart. It's somewhere in the Bible. Because there's a lot of individuals that will tell you, well, where does it say it? Yeah, it's somewhere in the Bible. I'll get back with you. Andrew, when he began to talk to the Lord that day, he began to feel his tongue on fire. He couldn't wait to, to, to get away from Jesus so he can go talk to Peter and say something to Peter. Because his tongue was on fire with the gospel of God. Because he had it firsthand. His tongue was on fire for the gospel of God. He understood that, his, that the flame of Pentecost, the flame of the spirit of Pentecost was in this man. The flame was inside of Jesus Christ. He's seen this spiritual man. He's seen the spiritual flame inside of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that our spirit should identify with somebody else's spirit. He doesn't care what you think about somebody. He doesn't care how you feel about somebody. The Bible says if you want to identify with me, identify with my spirit. Andrews was there identifying himself with his spirit. And he knew that that was the spirit of Pentecost. He had the flame of Pentecost. And he ran with it. And he talked to his brother. I, myself, and you yourself, when you begin to understand that we have the tongue to give the word to somebody. When we have the word to address somebody, we, be, we become missionaries for God because we're on a mission for God. We're on a mission to do something for somebody else. We're not concerned with saving ourselves because we're already saved. The Bible says once saved and always saved. Yes, it does. It does. Once, once saved, always saved. Now, if you get unsaved, that's your problem. Because Jesus Christ saved you once, that's all he needed to do. Once saved, always saved. You didn't have to do it twice. Just once. Right? Amen. But we all have our weaknesses, right? Even though we have that, that unique conversation with God. We have that encounter with God. And we know that Jesus Christ came in for us. He understood us. He knew everything that we knew. He knew that we were also Baptists. We were also something else before we came to him. We had partial truth, but not the full truth. And we come to him, and he understands where we're coming from. And we sit to sit with them like Andrew sat with them. And he enlightens us with the heavens, with the, with the structure of heaven and the mission that he has to accomplish. And we buy it. We buy into it. We understand it. And yet, we find ourselves with the weakness when it comes down to it. What was Andrew's weakness? No, none different than the other apostles. They all had the same weakness. They feared for their lives. They feared well, what was going to happen to me. Well, you know, you, 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 he's God. He's the Messiah. And they're, they're talking all these years. You know, the, all these two years. Man, we're unstoppable. Jesus is with us. Nobody can stop us. Jesus is with us. All the miracles, you know, all the demons that he's cast out. Jesus is with us. We see them cast out a legion. Out. Of a man. And even those demons asked him permission 
where to go. That's some power right there. We're with, we're with God. We're walking with God. But they all had a weakness. All that bunch. They're not the Brady bunch. They're the scary bunch. Because when it came down to it, and they came looking for Jesus Christ, they all, come on, they all took off. Even Andrew ran. He ran. They all ran. Every single one feared for their own life and let Jesus Christ all alone, all by himself. So don't feel bad if you're in a situation. I say this because don't feel bad if you can find yourself in a situation and you start walking away from the gospel of God. Sometimes it's normal, or should I say not normal, natural to fear, to lose what we have, what we have accomplished, we have, what we've, we, we, we've made of ourselves. And Andrew was no different. He felt that I've got to, I've got to go. I can't hang with this man. What if I made a mistake? You know what, you know what, you know. And that's how we get sometimes. What's more valuable to me than the gospel of God today? What's more valuable to me? I can always pick up the gospel tomorrow. Today I'll run. Because I'm afraid of the trials and the tribulations of life. The agony of defeat, of being the person that I've proclaimed to be all these, all these years. You're not alone, church, I'm there too. You think that, you think that, that um, all the disciples, you know, felt the same way? They all had different, Analogies of who Jesus Christ was. They all did. One of them even gave him up. This is a man that sat with Jesus Christ. He sat with the Lord Jesus. Day after day, year after year. And at the very end, somebody dangles some gold in front of him. And he gives them up. See, I say this because we all can be like this. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. We just got to get back. Hallelujah, Jesus. Back to where we were at. Back to that first encounter when we knew that we found the flame of the Holy Ghost. That encounter where God spoke to us in our time of need. When God, you know, spoke the words that we needed to hear and we began to understand he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the savior of this world. Jesus Christ is looking out for me. He's been looking out for me. He's the most important thing in my life. Amen. Nothing else. Amen. If I was to lose life, what would I gain? What does it matter? If I'm not with Christ, we all want to make it to heaven, but very few will say it at, at what cost, 
At what cost? Do we want to make it to heaven? Or at a convenience of our own, we'll make it to heaven. And we'll find ourselves truly looking for the faith, truly looking for hope, truly looking for what we feel that we need to proclaim. And yet we hear John the Baptist saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Peter might have heard the rooster crowing three times, but Andrew kept on hearing, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. He, he detached from being a Baptist, and he went to Jesus Christ to find the truth. And he abandoned the Messiah at the time when he need him, needed him the most. And Andrew would hear in the back of his head, Behold the Lamb of God. Come on, that's good. Behold the Lamb of God. You think these apostles didn't go through some agony? They all went through their own agony when they all heard when it was that they met God. And understood this is my savior he is the only one that would that could that will save my wretched soul the only one and yet we walk away and then we're in a time of our being and we're getting back the Bible says into our own mind our own sound mind and we remember what God has said to us. Can you remember the first encounter that you had with God? The very first time that you went and had an encounter with God. Let me share this with you. This is my first encounter with Christ. And it was not when I first, when I was when I came to church. It was not when I gave myself to God. It was not then. I was nine years old. I was nine years old. And things were happening inside our house. Things were not right. We were going to church, but not Christians. But we were going to church and not really there. Nine years old, you really don't understand what's going on, but you, you, you have an idea. We're not going to church like we used to. We're not going down the brother's house like we used to. And you still don't see the picture because, you know, the adults, they hide stuff very, very well from you. And I really don't know how my heart was. I really don't know what it was. How I, I, I did, but you know, I have a memory, you know, that's a good memory. I remember stuff when I was like two years old. I recall things in my in in in, in my life, and I would bring them up to my mom and my dad, and they were like, How do you remember that? And I would tell them. And they were just like, nah, someone told you. I still have the pictures in my mind. I still remember things going on. And I, you know, and I and I know that we all have those encounters in our life. So what I was picking up at that time, I really don't know at nine years old. But something was going on inside of me. And you know, nine years old going to the apostolic church, you know, sitting there for two hours and the preacher saying all kinds of stuff that you really don't understand. You just want to go outside. You hope the altar call happens so you can sneak out the back door. <laughs> That's a true apostolic right here. <laughs> but this one, this one particular day, something was heavy on my heart. I went to the altar. 
I was gonna do like I normally do all the time. One knee down, look around, get up, go. Because <laughs> the Sunday school teacher, she, you know, back in the day, they all sat right there and brought everybody up. You know, they all did that kind of stuff. But this time, both knees hit the ground. And I stayed at a standstill. And the Sunday school teacher comes and she puts her hand on my shoulder and she goes, do you want the Holy Ghost? And I didn't respond yes or no. I didn't know what to say. And as soon as she began to pray, tears started running down my eyes. And I tried to stop the tears because I was a bad boy back in those days. I started, I started very early. I'll tell you how it was, okay? At nine years old, I smoked my first joint. I'm just going to be, so you can understand where I'm at. And it was not because it was, I went and rolled it. No, it's because I found it. And I lit it. And I smoked it. So you know what kind of a mind I had already. And I went, and she was praying. And then something glorious happened my mouth began to speak like the adults. They speak in a tongue, I'm speaking in tongue too. I couldn't stop. It was, it was inside and it was just coming up. It was just coming and I heard her speaking louder and louder, you know, and I just stayed there and I just, I just, I was engulfed by the Holy Ghost. My encounter with God at nine years old. I wiped the tears from my eyes, I went over and I sat down by my mom. Now I didn't go I didn't go to church after that. Not until I became because we left soon after that. The whole family kind of just left. Didn't go no more. We were we just didn't. I didn't get back to church until I was 21 years old. It's a long <laughs> distance from here until there. But I remember my first encounter with God. See, and this is what I'm asking you. Do you remember your first encounter? Not just because, you know, you started going to church. No, that, that happened for me years later. I got the gift of the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. I could never deny that God was, is, and will be. Yes. I learned that at nine. When you have an encounter with God, and Andrew had an encounter with God, he understood that he was with the greatest evangelist, the greatest prophet, the greatest teacher that he had ever encountered in his life. Because he had that one conversation in the very beginning and he asked him questions and, and he could feel the burning flame of Pentecost coming out of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I can't, something stopping me from giving it to you. And he can feel the radiance of Jesus speaking to him through the, through the words of wisdom and truth and hope. And once Jesus stopped, he ran to go get Peter. And because of that encounter, he understood that this precious moment, this intimate moment that he'd had with Jesus Christ was, would be a memorial in his heart, a point of return a point of return. 
Have you ever been lost in your own ways? You come to Christ and you, you, you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you've been in, in, in an area with God for so long. And then all of a sudden, it, you know, it's just like, it, it, I don't, I'm not getting anything out of it no more. I've been there plenty of times. But I'm not getting anything out of it anymore. I've been walking with God for so long and it just, I'm tired of studying. You know, I'm reading all these books. Nothing's happening. You know, my, my spark's dying. We get that. Us, us that we preach the gospel and we lay hands, we, we feel that spark die sometimes. Can I get an amen from this corner? We just get busy with our own lives. And we go down, we pray for people, and we feel nothing in our hands. We feel nothing, and we just pray prayer of faith. But then there's times when we're not even aware and stuff, and we start to reach out, and we just feel that Holy Spirit just crown us. It just crowns us. And we know, we're like, we're going to get somebody today. <laughs> and that's how we are. I include the ministry because you are no less than the ministry. The same Holy Ghost that was in him is the same Holy Ghost that's in you. The same power that's in him is the same power that's in you. We're just obligated to stand up a little higher and preach to you and live this gospel, you know, more accordingly in our lives. I believe that sometimes when we understand our Lord Jesus Christ, when we find ourselves in a way that God looks at us, not because he has called us, not because he, and I think this is, this is the point sometimes I want to make or I'm going to make today, is that some of us were called by God. You know, some of us were called by God, and we know we, got, we were called by God. But then some of us come to God, like Andrew. He was after a truth. He wanted to follow the truth. In John chapter, where am I at? In John chapter 1, Verse 29. We got that through 42. I want to read you the scripture. You know, John is the only one that really gives you a description of, of, of how Andrew was. Because all the other ones just have little tidbits about him. The next day, John saw Jesus coming. See, this is what I've been preaching to you about. Coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Next verse. This is one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remained on him the flame of fire and I myself did not know him but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and 
fire. Have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. They abandoned following John. They were no longer Baptists. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? See, Jesus even tried to say, hey, I'm on a mission, guys. What do you want? Wouldn't you get offended if somebody told you, what do you want? I think I would. They said, Rabbi. See, they identified with him. They knew he was a teacher. Where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. You may stand with me. We all want to accomplish something in our lives. We all have a mission to preach the gospel. We all have an announcement to find the truth in our lives. Andrew was a truth seeker. He hungered for the truth. We should all hunger for the truth. And when we find it, we need to uh, mention it to somebody else. We need to find somebody to talk to. Um, and then another thing that Andrew did he stayed close to God. He was the fourth guy. He was always the fourth guy. You all heard people say, us four and no more. What Andrew, he could, he, I think he coined that. Us four and no more. And we sometimes have to go back to where we abandon the truth that we thought was. I no longer am a Baptist. It worked for the time being. It worked for, for then. But I want to follow Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to encounter that first conversation that we had with Christ. When we fell in love with God, when we understood that Jesus was there for us, that wanted me, me to be a partaker of the Holy Ghost. Something holds me back, he says, Jesus Christ said. Something's holding me back. I can't do it yet. But I know, I know when. And the last encounter that we have with Andrew is he's named among the apostles that walk in to Pentecost in the book of Acts. His name is in that list. And it was no surprise to Andrew when he seen the clothes of fire that were harnessed in Jesus Christ. 
when he first talked to him. He's seen the flame of his spirit. He's seen that supernatural flame inside his voice and his words. And Andrew knew that this is what was locked in his heart. And it fell upon him on that day. And he received the Holy Ghost. You and I always have to rekindle that moment. Because that's what keeps us intact to God. Regardless of whatever's happened in our lives. Regardless of whatever goes on inside of our lives. No matter how things go. At our work. In our home. You know with our you know, with our individual person, you know, we have to always focus on you and God. Me and God. This is what matters the most. Me and God matters the most above all. Focus on me and God. That matters the most. Because when you focus on you and God, God's going to take care of you. Hallelujah. Your wants, your needs, the fixings of whatever you're having to deal with in your in your life. This altar is open at this moment. If anybody wants to come to this altar and rekindle that first moment.